welcome to Overtime, the podcast. Overtime is a podcast dedicated to all things watches, particularly in the microbrand and affordable range. I'm Praka, and this is my co-host, Justin. We are two watch enthusiasts based out of Perth, Western Australia. Join us as we discuss our thoughts on new releases, share our personal experiences, and offer our insights on building a collection. Whether you're a seasoned enthusiast or just starting your journey, Overtime will keep you entertained with informative insights and casual conversations. Let's get started. So Justin, how you going, mate? Pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. It's been a fairly hectic week this week, um, work and life in general. Mm. And um, But yeah, been uh, looking forward to sit down and chat watches as we do. What about yourself? Yeah, I feel yeah, it's been a um, bit of a hectic, hectic week. Um, we, we discussed uh, off off podcast some some work stuff, and yeah. it's been a bit bit busy. And yeah, struck down by the hay fever um, today after a trip out to uh, the north part of the wheat belt. Yeah, I'm uh, also prone to them, but uh, not not at this time of the year. So yeah, well, I apologize if I do sound incredibly nasally tonight, <laughs> but it is what it is. It is what it is. The show must go on. All right. Well, um, yeah. Let's um, before we get on with today's episode, uh, have you got any risks, mate? Um, despite the hay fever, I ended up doing a nine k run this afternoon. So one of my bigger runs that I've done in the past couple of months. Um, and I decided to chuck on the G Shock, which is a fifty six. One zero, I believe. It's a G-Shock Square. It's got the black bezel. It's the gray or the darkish colored gray strap um, and a little bit of red. And I believe by looking at your face and your head, you're wearing the exact same watch by coincidence. We are wearing the exact same <laughs> Unreal. watch. Awesome. The DW5610-SU8. Yep. SU8, which, yep. That's it, which is the gray dial. Sorry, the, yeah, the old gunmetal type gray with yes the black dial and the red oh that's <laughs> hilarious that's so funny yeah a little bit of i think it's negative display is what it is as Correct. well yep yeah negative cool. display yeah oh so, well, there you go we, we i forgot we had this watch in common <laughs> yeah I, neither, I forgot as well didn't even yeah I, I don't wear my g-shock a lot um i was actually wearing my spb 143 today during the day and then when yep. i got home i was doing some stuff around so i thought oh, i'll just Chuck on the G-Shock and uh, there you go. This was not planned. Yep, no, similar day as well. I wore the swordfish out today. It was bucketing down with rain most of the day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, decided to chuck a diver on and change this for, for a run this afternoon. So That's there you go. You couldn't script it. No, <laughs> literally couldn't script it. All right. Well, um, <laughs> I guess let's get on with uh, this week's episode then. So this week, all right. So this week's episode is titled Homage Watches and Double Standards. Homage watches can be a bit controversial. So I guess before we start on the topic, uh, what are homage watches? I want to actually ask you this as a question and not so much give a definition because I feel like from person to person, homage watch can slightly differ. So what's when I say homage watch, what comes to your mind? Yeah, I think you are uh, very right. It's it's very individual experience, um, as well as a just not just a watch; it is an experience as a whole. But when it comes to my mind, um, this has changed throughout my collecting as well. So right now in my in my journey, it is uh, a way to 
wear something that might not be affordable to you at the current time, but kind of get the the feel. And over time, that's changed for me. I kind of used to look at it as a, it's just a one for one copy. <laughs> um, it just mm, mm. that was that was kind of it um, until you know you kind of start exploring the greater world of watches and realize that yeah I'm not dropping any uh, tens of thousands of dollars on Daytona's or mm. anything else at this point of time in my life and I can understand why people do go for them yeah for sure um, yeah I mean that's 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 bang on right so homage watches just take the essence or sometimes put it through the photocopier uh, of, of, a, <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a, you know, a popular model and they, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of R and D behind or sorry, not a lot of, uh, you know, design behind it. It's someone else's design. They remake it um, and they yeah, spit it out. I mean, I guess there's, there's plenty of brands out there. Um, how much watch brands are known how much watch brands um, like Pagani design San Martin, you have, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot hundreds. of Chinese brands. Yeah, hundreds, hundreds, exactly. Hundreds of, um, and those are just some of the, I guess, more popular ones. So I guess why we wanted to talk about it, um, this topic this week uh, was spurred on from a very recent controversy, if you like. Um, so Revolution Magazine. So Revolution Magazine is a, um, I guess they're a watch publication. They're really big, right? They're huge. Yeah. They, they do, they cover, you know, watches to the other end uh, of, of our scale that we normally talk about. Uh, but sometimes they do talk very about- Very high end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very high end. But sometimes they do talk about, you know, more affordable stuff. So recently they released a watch uh, with a Messina Lab. Uh, Messina Lab is a a brand out of uh, New York that um, that do they do a lot of collaborations with other brands and they they make um, yeah they make some really nice looking watches. Um, so there was a watch they released uh, which uh, happened to look uh, very close to the uh, Patek Philippe. Uh, Extremely close. <laughs> Extremely close. <laughs> so I, I guess as part of their release, they they did sort of touch on the fact that it may had some inspiration, but not actually saying that hey, we, you know, we've done this inspired by this particular model initially, mm. and there was big backfire, you know, huge backfire from people saying, hey, well, that's just a rip off of the you know, uh, Patek Philippe, you know, that's just a, that's just a vintage Patek Philippe that you've just taken it and thrown it on. I think it's the reference 130. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I try and like, I don't pay too much attention to watch drama, but this was kind of all over my Instagram feed yeah. for a, you know, a night or two for sure. Um, it was, I think it's, you know, a reflection of where we are kind of in the hobby in that affordable um, space um, with the homages kind of being prevalent at this end. And um, yeah, it was just all over my newsfeed for a night. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was, if I'm being honest, I was a little bit shocked by the response. Um, mm. uh, and the reason why I say that is I would like to go to another brand um, <laughs> that has done very similar things, which is uh, Furlan Mari. So Furlan Mari is a, I think they're a relatively new brand. They had a Kickstarter, I think it was about two years ago now. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 And they, their first watch was literally a, I very close to a Patek Philippe design, like, um, you know, an homage. That's what it was. 
Let's call yeah, it what if, it if is. If you put the two next to each other, um, for me not being a huge enthusiast of that end of the hobby, I would just say one for one copy looking at my eyes, yeah. <laughs> through my eyes. Yeah, exactly. I think it was the tasty, tasty tondi. Is yeah. the, is is that um you know the, the yeah that looked exactly like one of the um yeah the Patek Philippe references and it I remember when that came out there was huge fanfare about it and yep. there wasn't really any backlash like um this Messina Lab Revolution uh, release um and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this um because for me I thought it would have been the same. Um, people would lap it up, especially if it's coming from a big publication. Yeah, and I think there was some strong thoughts on it, but I think the way it was dealt with, um, there was a certain post with some um, pretty pretty aggressive uh, tones to it, was maybe a bit more of how it spread further and why some of the posts that were made were uh, contributing the way they were. Um, it, well, I don't think the the feedback and the the you know, reception of the whole thing by um, said company, Re- Revolution and Messina Lab, was mm. um, received well. I think they just, yeah, I would have done something completely differently in that situation. Um, yeah. Not making Instagram posts, um, you know, you're meeting fire with fire, and it just that doesn't help anyone no. in the situation. No, agree, agree. Yeah, and the whole part of double standards or the, you know, when I I remember when this came out first, and I thought, oh yeah, it looks pretty handsome, and then I saw a a photo of a Dan Henry. Yep. Uh, Dan Henry is a. Well, would you call them a homage brand? I don't know. Yeah, I think like from my experience, yeah, I, I, it's I don't think you see too much um, design or their, their own kind of design language. It's always yeah. coming from somewhere. Yes, yeah. it might not be one for one or incredibly close copies, but you can definitely tell what they're riffing on. Yeah, and 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 I think Dan Henry, the person, is someone who has a massive collection. Is my understanding huge collection, uh, and basically he uses that and draws you know all this inspiration to 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 make to make uh these sort of watches or homage watches essentially now i don't know if you've seen the dan henry 1937 not off the top of my head but i am looking it up have a look at the dan henry 1937 and then have a look at the furland mari tasty tondi oh yeah yeah (laughs) so the dan henry came out before the Furland Mari. Yep. They both have the Mecca Quartz movement, the same Seiko Mecca Quartz movement. They both have very similar design, very similar. Sure, I think, you know, the Furland Mari might have a little bit better finishing, maybe better, maybe better leather strap. But the price difference is almost double. Uh, yeah. And that's retail. And then you look at, because they were a limited run, the Furland Maris were, re- were were selling for three times the price, four times the price on Chrono Twenty Four Marketplace. Mm. You name it. Um, so I, I just thought, I went, mean, hang on a minute, what's the difference? They look almost exactly the same, <laughs> apart from pushes. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's where you know that the whole double standard thing comes back. You know, th- this Furland Mari won. A award in GPHG as the newcomers of the year or something like that. So GPHG is this, for all the listeners, GPHG is like this annual watch awards where they have a bunch of categories and they, you know, go 
just just basically say, yep, this you know this person wins this category or whatever it is, and they won the new comers award and and that's great you know i'm not i'm not taking it away from them i reckon it's a very handsome watch but mm-hmm. why can this furlan mari win gphc uh you know newcomer of the year and um the dan henry or dare i say it, a pagani design patek philippe what's the difference yeah it's it's such a weird space to when you when you actually deep it a little bit more it's it's such a weird space to be in um yeah like pagani design for it for example that's if i was gonna that's that's the first homage brand that pops to my mind i think that's the most like slated one maybe san martin as well but um those two are kind of the, the top of the line um and yeah throughout i don't know uh, not, not not so much aawf but it definitely mm-hmm. in collected groups you, you do see a lot of paganis but you don't see a heap of uh, Ferland Mari. I see a little bit of Dan Henry, but not as much. But again, like what's the, obviously the price is the reasoning yes. um, behind that. Pagani is extremely cheap. And is that the reason that they cop it more? Because they're not in that upper mm. tier where you can kind of go, well, mine is, you know, well, my Ferland Mari costs this much where, my, you know, your Pagani is 70 bucks instead of yes. uh, $500. And that's, mm. you know, that's, coming down to that elitist stuff we don't like um, right down at the bottom end of the collecting yep. hobby. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think you're bang on there. Uh, is it just the price? Uh, that makes it's a big so difference. It's so vain. But yeah. it's, it's literally the first thing that comes to my mind is a, it's, a, it's a price thing. We all get, you know, everyone gets defensive to an yeah. extent about, you know, justifying purchases. Like um, I don't want to um, bang on too much about Tag Heuer people, but, you know, they seem mm. to be, people that definitely defend their purchase like nothing else um, sure. and make comparisons everywhere. You're not, you know, you're not trying to impress me. You're not trying to convince me, you know, yeah. you buy what you like, but it doesn't matter. Mm. Again, like I think we riffed on this last episode, even sure. um, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're buying. As long as you like it, don't yeah. buy it to impress someone else. And yeah, the Furland Mari isn't going to impress everyone. The Pagani is not going to impress everyone. And yeah, you know, Patek Philippe, Top of the end isn't going to impress absolutely everyone. Yeah. So we're not we're not so different here, top to bottom. Yep. No, you I think you're yeah, you nailed on the head there. Um, maybe that's it. That's why they get the pass and and some don't. I mean, you look at um, for example, uh, Baltic, who are mm. a fan favorite in the micro brand affordable space. And they're doing great strides. They're doing all sorts of, you know, collaborations with other brands. They they um you know they they're in the uh, only watch competition. Uh, yep. Sorry, um, auctions. You know they're doing great things. Um, but essentially, a lot of their design language, a lot of their design is borrowed design from vintage references. Uh, yeah, I feel with like um maybe with Baltic, mm. uh, you can kind of tell they're listening to the uh, the the community you know yeah. they're, they're definitely um you know um, their, their next steps you can kind of see follow what's out there um mm. not so much following trends but following what the community kind of wants and feedback I, I i dare say they'd be in youtube comments looking at you know reviews yeah. and whatnot and reading what people are saying whereas when you get this kind of fernand mari and the dan henry and and mm. um you know this messina labs it's just a. It feels like a copy paste. You get mm. the the, you know, the flash little verb about where it comes from and where where the brand started. Blah blah blah. It's all the yep. same copy and paste stuff over and over again mm. with a different name attached to it. Yep. But I think yeah, pl- uh, 
um, even San Martin gets a bit of a pass. Like they they spend a lot of time. Uh, sorry, they spend a lot of uh, efforts doing the homage stuff. Yes. They do have a couple of designs coming out that are true to their own thing now, um, and they're, they're they're leaning into that a little bit more from my last uh, venture into their AliExpress store. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's where maybe that's where the natural evolution of a lot of these homage watch brands are is start off as an homage and then, um, you know, eventually they'll become, um, they have their own catalog, back catalog of designs. And San Martin, you know, I mean, I haven't owned one myself, uh, but I have seen one uh, in flesh. I've also seen many being discussed about in forums and, uh, and you know, watch circles that I'm part of uh and they always get great reviews on their quality their yep. their finishing and you know we're talking about uh quote unquote homage watches um yeah. so so yeah maybe you know not all homage watches are made the same you know it made equal so i agree there and in that sense in about the whole price thing and you know maybe it's not just a vain numbers thing yeah, it's also to do with the quality of the homage. Like, for example, we know that the Pagani designs are cheap. They try and keep the cost down, and they basically try and put it through the photocopier. Uh, yep. Maybe has you know cheaper uh, materials, uh, worse finishing, etc. Say com- compared to uh, San San Martin. Yeah, I I definitely think that there is that double standards. Uh, maybe some of it is is uh justifiable but yeah you know yeah i think this whole uh what what are we gonna say uh manufactured obtainability stuff that we're going through is an issue that drives right down the middle here so okay you've got one in the market who in the is in the company side so like your rolex yeah and then the customers who have jumped on that before the whole hype craze started um love the fact that you know, no one can buy the Hulk anymore. That's yeah, you, know, you can't you can't buy that anymore. And if you want to buy it, you've got to pay a fortune of retail. And people thrive off that. Then there's the other end where people thrive off the fact that they can go and get a sale on Pagani Design for a hundred dollars and get themselves a exact spec, same thing with lug to lug. Everything is identical, and love that, which is which is cool. Everyone's liking their their own thing, but I feel like it's just a divide that isn't necessary <laughs> like it's yeah the watch world's always gonna go through its cycles of you know stuff's getting discontinued new stuff is brought along it, it happens it happens it happens and then we're always gonna have homage watches that come through it just shouldn't peeve anyone off mm. <laughs> it shouldn't make anyone angry it, it exists it's always going to exist you yeah. shouldn't feel like your hulk is going to be disvalued because there's thousands of paganis being copied and sold a month yeah. it just shouldn't mean anything yeah if, if anything i think it's great i i think uh that means someone won't go and uh buy a, a fake you know uh-huh. uh exactly right you know a, a fake submariner or a fake this because they might go oh i might buy a uh, i don't know a a you know a caddison or whatever a guanjin uh, or Lorio, you know, all these, all these uh, sort of brands come to my mind, slowly, slowly come to my mind, you know, or, you know, or even they might go a little bit higher spec and go like a Steinhardt. Mm-hmm. You know? Steinhardt is one of those brands that literally go to the back catalog of Rolex yep. and go, which one of these models am I going to copy today? Uh, but they do it with great finishing, 
you know, good movements in there, solid, well-built watches. Some people may not like that, um, but they're doing a great job at it. And it's, a lot of people do. Yeah, exactly. They get a lot of love. For sure. Steinhardt get a lot of love. They got a bit of a cult following. And you kind of see they, in sales that I've seen locally in Perth, they retain their value pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, not to the T, but they get up there. It's yeah. funny you mentioned Lorio. So I'm just a little little side topic here. Yeah. Um, a little, little surprise. Uh, okay. I have a workmate who um, wears a Hulk. Lorio, that's why I referenced the Hulk before. Oh. And he's worn it for a long time. And I told him, you know, he's a bit of an older guy. So he's not, you know, he's probably not going to listen to this, but he, sure. I kind of chat to him while I'm, yeah, at work every now and then about it because he likes his watches. Only watch for him, and he has lent me his little, little Hulk. You probably can't see it because the screens. Yeah, um, put your hand thing. behind the thing. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, little... there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so he lent me this and said, I can wear it for a week on whatever strap I want. He wears it on this like um, horrible, disgusting leather strap. And he's like, I'm not going to let you wear that. But he just said, have it for a week and I'll, um, awesome. I'll take some wrist, wrist shots. And as someone who was in the market for a Submariner as of recent times, I am yeah. actually kind of excited to put it on and, and wear it for a day and see how it fares compared to... You can feel it's not the the real thing, right? It's yep. it's fairly obvious. You're not tricking anyone, but yep. um, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Same he said that. <laughs> dimensions and same, yep. um, yeah. Oh, fantastic! This is uh, <laughs> this is like a uh, you know a test run uh, almost. So yeah, nice, nice one. Okay, there you go. So while we're talking about homages in my possession, mm. I wanted to ask you: How do you? I already kind of know the answer, but in a little bit more detail, how do you feel about modding? watches to be a homage because that's a huge thing as well um, and it seems to be one of those um, little little side um, oh, I'm so bad with phrases man I just make it's stuff okay. up on the way it's, it's like right. a side quest um, people, people have these like little <laughs> little side quests over here where it seems to be more than acceptable to make a Seitona where it's all mm. exactly the same thing but you whack a, a Seiko dial in it mm. and to me that feels but yeah almost worse than buying a <laughs> Uh, a homage copy <laughs> 100% um okay sorry listeners if you like your seiko <laughs> sorry um you know inverted commas seiko mods um they're not seikos first and foremost they're not the daytoners that they're trying to beat they're not any of them they're a mod watch and that's fine if you like modded watches because you want the look of something awesome don't yep. call it a Seiko mod. That's my pet peeve. I I cannot stand that. Calling yep. one of those monstrosities a Seiko mod <laughs> is not it. Um, and oh, I think calling it monstrosity is 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 a, is a lot. I'll take that back. But you know, I I think there's definitely a place for modding, uh, and I think it's the modding to you know. For me, anyway, wanting to improve like, you know, your crystal to sapphire crystal or your bezel to a ceramic bezel and, you know, changing the look up a bit and stuff. I think I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think it it gives us enthusiasts another realm to explore and uh and and just, you know, it's almost like the start of maybe someone's watchmaking journey as well. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, but you know, in in general, uh, you know. Calling a heavily copied Daytona or whatever you want to call it, slapping on a Seiko dial and calling it a Seiko mod or a mm. Seiko Daytona, I I don't yeah I don't get that. Yeah, and I guess like the mod the modding community for the most part is 
a really cool space. I've been a couple of modding groups, follow a couple of cool modders to Graham, and they're building from kind of you know ground ups. They're using not Seiko cases. They're not using you know um, they're, they're getting dials to an extent. A lot of them aren't Seiko dials as well. So like um a good example of that is like shout out to Dad Watch. I chat to him on um, Instagram. Um, he does some awesome stuff where he's just like ground up and swapping cases, swapping crystals, bezels, doing some real cool, cool stuff. Um, and that's that's a great example of uh, modding to make something that suits your taste, your style, and whatnot. But I am in complete agreement as my recent experience has um, has really made me feel weird about what I thought was going to be a cool experience in in modding. So I, I took a Seiko Five and I butchered it myself as well. So I took a uh, SRP. E fifty three, I believe it's a two tone bracelet Seiko five with the uh, just the um, standard gold bezel, and I changed it to a fluted bezel and a jubilee bracelet. The jubilee bracelet is amazing, love it, strap code jubilee. But paired with the fluted bezel, the idea was it was going to feel like the date just or the the Wimbledon that I hey. was kind of lusting after and didn't want to pay upwards of twenty thousand dollars for. So it was to it was to scratch that itch and it just didn't scratch the itch whatsoever. I felt weird. I think I've worn it twice since yeah. I've since I've modeled it and that's yeah, that's been my experience. I'm not a fan. I won't do it again. I said it's like you said a crystal swap or you know a ceramic bezel swap but like the same thing with a bit of loom on it. Um mm. but apart from that it's my interest there, which war has completely disappeared because of the wearing experience. Like I felt, I felt weird. I felt dirty. <laughs> that's yeah. That's very interesting. You know, I, I think maybe that homaging or you know modding your watch, sorry to 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 make it look like another watch that you do want, is a good way um, to trial. You know whether you actually like that watch or not, or you actually want to get it. And essentially, that's what the space of homage just does, right? Because you can go get your Planet Ocean looking watch mm-hmm. before you drop all that money on it. Or, you know, there's tons of brands on AliExpress that just, you know, homage anything, even Oris. I've seen Oris Big Crown pointed date homages, which I was like, oh, yeah, right. Never even knew that was a thing. So there is yeah. a thing. So, you know, maybe that's why you want to get into it. So, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think there's there's a place for a modding um, as well. But, you know, I just just don't call it. Psycho mods, please. Just do. Yeah, I think is the another interesting topic here is a lot of brands do do nods to certain maybe not watches themselves, but designs mm. in their own way. Like I'm, I like I have the Seiko Speed Time, which you can kind of definitely see is somewhat of a nod to a racing chronograph. Yes, Daytona esque, but you still understand it's very Seiko. Everything about it's Seiko. Um, you don't feel like you're wearing a homage there's so much out there that already does what you're kind of looking for in the homage space that isn't a one-for-one copy hmm. yeah yeah for sure i mean and you know i've got many watches in my collection that are micro brands that uh draw design cues from different you know more famous brands i mean look at my my christopher ward um c63 gmt sealander gmt you know that's you look at one glance you go oh that's an that's an explorer too. Yeah, um, yeah. But then you look at it a bit deeper and you go, oh, no, it's not. It's got, this is different. This is different. This is different. This is different. So I think it's very, yeah, you, you know, you, you can do homages tastefully uh, or you yep. can do, or you can run them through the photocopier. Uh, <laughs> either yeah. way, 
either way, we're all involved in some form of homaging, I think, just because there's only so many times you can reinvent the wheel, right? <laughs> you know? I was about to say, like, you know, I, I'm very dive watch focused. Um, mm. I'm starting to lean away from that. But a lot of it, you know, if, if you look back way back in time, um, everything kind of nods at some point to, you know, the the Blanc Pan originally out there in the dive watch. Is it 55? Fathoms, 50 fathoms, one of those. 50 fathoms, yeah. 50 50 fathoms, fathoms. yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's the dive space. You know, Zodiac was up there as well. Um, Everything nods back to there to a certain extent, you know. But it's, yeah, the one-for-one copy or a tasteful homage is a huge fence between it. But Mm. the reason we're talking about it is because both get purchased and both are loved and adored and hated to a certain extent as well. Yeah, for sure. And and it is bang on in the affordable and, you know, micro brand range and you know i think um listeners if you do have any hesitations about homage watches um i definitely think it's worth giving it a go um especially especially if you think one day you might buy the watch that you're trying to well yeah, I, I think yeah it's definitely worth it like i was looking at um a boltony so boltony is this um brand and aliexpress as well they do a lot of super vintage um designs they do they do like uh how do you say it sort of the dirty dozen yep watches and sort of military military watches a mil spec watch so many brands use that exact same um design so yeah and they and they basically adopted that design and and they're pumping it out with very good specs sapphire you know you've yeah. got good movements and you know nice finished case and blah 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 uh for very good prices i'm talking you know there's watches there that are like 99 dollar 99 us dollars 150 us dollars and on sale even less in yeah you know, um and i'll be honest um nothing wrong with them and they've even got like sort of rolex bubble back uh yeah okay um you know homages which rolex have not sold in there yeah for what since the 50s or 60s or whatever that's that's cool where you can do a back catalog that is literally unobtainable to more than just you know the the price point but just unobtainable due to what's out there um that that's cool i like that yeah i was gonna i was gonna say is well if you're in the market for homage like piece and you know let's just go submariner for example um you don't have to don't shy away from looking at other brands um that that all isn't a one-for-one copy but you know still has those similar nods and my example would be like when i went in for the sub and got told no way um i walked out with the the black bay a couple of days Mm -hmm. later because i tried everything else on and said well i've got a bit of cash i want to buy something um here we are that's what i landed on and as much as i not so much anymore but i have kind of gone on record and said i'd purchase sub if it was available at retail Mm -hmm. um i don't think about it as much it doesn't occupy space in my head anymore i like the the tutor really ticked a box of what i was looking for at the maybe not the specs it's definitely i'm not making a comparison between the two it's it, rolex is its own thing and tutors its own thing mm. but it you know kind of gave me that same um tool watch dive watch feeling that i was looking for out of the sub with the history and everything else attached to it yeah for sure that's uh that's a great point you know if you're looking for i guess i've been trying to find a chronograph i've been talking about this for a couple of episodes now yep. uh watch the space um but um so <laughs> there's so many different options out there and you know my design cue or what i was looking for in a chronograph was either sort of a racing style 
um, or a vintage looking style. I wasn't really particularly, you know, for, uh, bothered whichever one, but yeah, there, there's so many options. Like if I was to go to the racing style, you know, I could have, you know, you could drop a lot of money and get something, uh, yeah, like Daytona esque or you know whatever, or you could, you know, look at something slightly different. You've got your, you know, you got your Stratons, you've got your. I think there was a brand called Rui, which I was looking at. Yep. it was quite cool. Um, and then there's 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 plenty, plenty. There's so much out there. Forza, yeah. Forza, which was a really cool. Uh, racing chronograph that I, that I, that I saw on the weekend. Um, yeah, just awesome um, options out there, and that's I guess that's the best part about being in the space, uh, micro brand affordable space, is that we don't have to stick to our bubble of your Rolex, your Tudor, your Omega. Yep. You have options, and there's so many out there. And yeah, yeah, just explore it. Yeah, there's there's so much available at any. Tier, you know, dive, dress, garter, mm. anything. There's so much out there that you can you can fill the void with these days, and it's an awesome time to be in the in the collecting hobby, for sure. Um, yeah, I think we've um, we've spoken a lot about, I guess, how much watches and and what we think about it, and the double standards around it. Um, like I said, the last episode, we would love um, some questions to come in from the listeners. Uh, we've already had a couple roll in, so um, we're just building building them up, um, and then we'll drop our Q&A episode, uh, watch the space. Uh, and, yeah, we would like to know what you think about how much watches. Definitely. Are they, are they for you? Are they not for you? Uh, do you think there's double standards in industry? I think there's double standards in any industry, but especially this. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Now I'd be more than happy to have a chat about this topic because it's it's definitely interesting at both ends. All right. Um, let's move on to the something interesting portion of our podcast. So, Justin. Yeah, so my something interesting this week is uh Zillos Timekeepers group post that I seen today. So I had no idea this was happening. I'm kind of falling off the the wagon of Zillos. I think I found the perfect one for me, and it's gonna be hard to change. My mind on that one, um, I've yeah, had five in the collection at one point. I'm down to one and I'm so happy with the swordfish that I yeah tend to kind of stay out of that group these days oh. unless it's just for you know, a wrist check type thing. Anyway, <clears throat> there was a post put up, a watch which I believe was some sort of Aurora, um, which was the new release of TI or titanium field watches that came out. Mm. I think it was an Aurora because the post was very vague. Mm. Um Basically, there was a lottery system for a Musu, Musu, I don't know how we say that word. Musu Black. Musu? I don't know either, but I'm guessing. Yeah, Musu Black edition. So um, on the 9th of August at midnight Singapore time, the the lottery system happened and 802 entries were submitted, which was on the lower end of what I expected to be submitted. I actually went for this watch as well, despite what I just said. Mm. <laughs> um, this this watch kind of yeah piqued my interest a little bit due to how different it is to Zilos's kind of style. It's just plain black mm. on, a, on, a, on a metal metal case, whereas in we're used to a lot of color, a lot of texture, mop, yeah. um, adventurine, all that type of stuff. Um, so I was interested. And from what I'm reading, only eight people got this watch, which is pretty... Yeah, Zillos is pretty rare on its own standards of 150 drop, you know, 150 size drops mm. um, of different colors. So they are they are quite hard to obtain if you're after one certain thing. Uh, but eight, eight's nothing. And yeah, this 
I, I don't know how to, how I feel about it because I feel like this is a brand that has something for everyone at some point and may not be obtainable, but there is so much stuff coming out of the brand once a month. Like like Elshan, the owner, releases his schedule uh, to the Facebook group. So you know what's coming in July, August, September, October. So you can prepare, you can save, you can move watches on and there's such big drops. And I, I, don't, I don't know, it feels like um maybe the, the whole – uh, manufactured obtainability that I spoke about earlier is now reaching, uh, reaching Zilos. the the Zelos timekeepers page. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I saw that as well. And so the Muso Black, touching on why it's cool, is that it's it's very similar to the Moza uh, Vanta, Vanta Black. Black. Yep. So Vanta Black is, I think it absorbs ninety nine point nine ninety nine darkest of dark yep correct and muso black is not quite that it's ninety nine point four percent of visible light um so it's it's a cheaper way of um i think yeah it's a cheaper way of getting the the same effect um yep. so i guess that's why it's so cool i i thought it was quite cool actually looking at myself and again i'm not the I'm not, I guess Zilos doesn't excite me as much. Uh, I, yeah, like some of their watches do, but that was, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is very cool. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was also particularly cool that um, it was dropped on 9th of August, which is um, Singapore's National Day, yep. which is their uh, Independence Day. So that was that was cool. I oh, think it was cool. uh, it was a it was a nice little nod to to Elshan's uh, motherland. So yeah, what do I think about the release? Uh, I think it's interesting the whole. Uh, lottery system thing i i actually think it's more fair yeah definitely than their current sort of release models because you know people buy like add as much to their carts and just buy it and then they you know flip it straight almost straight yep. away with um you know with insane markups not saying that this is not going to happen for this watch but you know you're committed to you know, it's only it's it's luck of the draw, literally. There's yeah, so. it do, it does feel good. I, like at, even at the bigger drops, I'd like to see this tested mm. um, to to a normal release because they're you know not only um, is it luck of the draw, but there's a lot of people out there who do experience connection issues and you know yes. um, latency issues um, on, on their on their phones or computers, whatever they're using, mm. and people yeah do miss out. I'm, I'm lucky, you know, we you know, we both got pretty pretty good internet. Uh, my yes. one's pr- pretty great, and I've kind of. Missed out based on just too many people applying for the the same watch or trying to grab the same watch, and but there's been other times where I've been the winner of that battle as well. Um, mm. So I never get too salty about it, but mm. it'd be cool to see this used in other, um, yeah, other 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 jobs going forward. Yeah, and hopefully this is the the test. But what a yeah, cool! I didn't realize the Independence Day thing. For yeah, Singapore. it's That's national. Cool yeah, it's like Singapore's national day is uh, yeah the 9th of uh, August. So yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, um, it's a little. Nice little nod there. Um, what I would love to see from Zelos, I'm not sure if they'll ever go to this model, but is to open up a window uh, and as many people can order in that window, which is what Studio Underdog have done. Yep. Uh, Nevada Grinchin just recently did that for their Chrono King, which I spoke yep. about last week. Yeah, I, I think it's great because it gives anyone who wants to watch an opportunity to buy it uh, yep. and it's a large enough window. Yeah, I think because um, like uh, just going back to our episode with Jody a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he kind of touched base on how well this model works and being an early adopter in the micro brand space of color and case material and how much um, options you've got over there in terms of size, um, 
you know, dive field chronograph, um, I think that fan base is very, very yeah. stuck where it is. Sure. And um, Elshan makes an absolute killing on it, I'm assuming. And yeah. the secondary market is affected yeah. um, incredibly well by it. There's a lot of people out there who sell at retail and are more than happy, but yeah, yeah, there's there's other people. I've seen posts in the same day after receiving watches that someone sells exactly for retail and someone else sells for four or five hundred dollars above, and both uh, are kind sold. of snapped up within an hour or so. So, yeah, but yeah I, I I don't see them going to that model, but I do agree. Um, it would be cool. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I also I don't... think I might be broke if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's um. It's it's probably not very it's not the best financial decision for them I think if they go down that model, but um as as a fan or as a you know enthusiast it, it it's kind of cool if it was to go down that way. Yeah, well, I guess to do you think it would be not the best financial decision for them because I think if they make that model, that mm. timekeepers group has got over a thousand people I think in it now, and there are so many people who miss out every drop. Like there's only 150 of let's say the Swordfish Nebula mm. that I've got released, and that was one of the the more posted about watches when it came out. It was Zilos's first attempt at a purple diver opposed to the field. Sure. It was the the real pastely purple opposed to a dark and fume kind of purple. Mm. Um, I think if they went to that design, it's a huge money proposition yeah. um, for, for them. I think it's a huge success. I just think it works for them mm. at the moment. I think it might just be part of that brand and the way Oshan runs it is he, he enjoys it this way. Sure. Mm. Do I think I would probably say, okay, I'm going to answer your question with a, a, a situation. Yep. Uh, let's look at Jordans, right? Let's look at Air Jordans and let's look at Dunks. People line up outside of Foot Locker and whatnot to try and grab these things. And then there's a limited release. People grab them. And then there's mad resales and everything. And then there's another drop. There's another drop. There's another drop. Um, and do you think that it would have the same hype if they said, oh, you can buy as much as you want for a certain period. And then after that, you're going to. You're hundred percent right. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. Maybe at the beginning there might be that big wave of influx, but eventually it would lose its. Um, and and yeah, you actually the yeah, sneaker analogy works for me. Like I've flown to to Melbourne to buy sneakers and camped <laughs> yeah. outside of shops before. Um, right. even in Perth, I've slept outside um, okay. a cafe um, that's that that we frequent. And yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get it hundred percent from that angle now. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's um. Oh yes, I get it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So come back to me now. Yeah, I'm yeah. preaching. I'm preaching to the choir. But yes, okay. Yeah, that's funny. Oh god. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's, that's that's awesome. Beauty. What's your something interesting this week? Uh, my something interesting is I was scrolling the Instagram today, and well, it wasn't today. I think it was a couple of days ago, actually. And um, I I saw this post about Oslo swap meet. So um, okay. yeah. So I think I probably spoke about this before, but I was I was away. Um, I've been away. Um, for work and. And that was one of the places we went to. And I was just interested to see, you know, how the watch scene was in that area. So I, you know, sort of followed a couple of pages and things, didn't really think much about it. And so they are running this event and it's, it's basically, I guess it's like a watch event um, and where they have various brands and, you know, all that and, you know, collectors get together, you know, I guess it's something like a red bar event, but bigger think like worn and wound sort of, um, oh, cool. uh, what do you call it? Wind up watch fair kind of, you know, that kind yep. of similar vein. But the cool thing about this was um, people can bring their watches to 
swap with other people, like trade yeah. watches in that event. And I was like, that is such a yeah, that's cool, cool thing to do. Like, you know, we we talk about like I mean, we we definitely see a lot of watches get put up for trade on AWF, yeah, um, Australian Affordable Watch Forum, uh, and other forums. I just thought, well, this this is even easier, right? Like people just come meet up and bring their watches along and they can they can swap uh with someone else and and also you get to learn about different people's watches and you go oh, well, what do you got there what do you got there well you may not do a trade but you can learn about it and yeah i just thought it was something awesome really interesting potentially it'd be cool if we can have something like that um here but um yeah anyway i think we would need a I was gonna say, like uh, Oslo being in in Norway and that that part of the world, I think yeah. they are on one of the um the, the top ends of the crime list. I mean, or bottom end, depending how you look at it. They're sure. like least least amount of crime in that that kind of spot in the right. world. Uh, I think yeah. if you kind of planned an event anywhere um, north of the river here in Perth, not to talk too down about it. Um, it'd be a, a, a Facebook event for crime. It'd be an absolute uh, spree. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, maybe but there's no, another way of doing it. It is cool though. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's. You feel a bit weird when you bring a watch roll to a cafe and, you know, yeah. um, you know, we did it recently, you pull out a few and you look around and someone's looking at you like, oh, it's a bit, you feel a bit weird, but um, yeah. when you're in that space with other yeah. people and that's what we're all there for, it's a cool, cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, safe, it. it's a safe space, I think, to bring, you know, to bring and enjoy your hobby as, uh, yeah. as opposed to, yeah, in front of, um, I guess, the general population that don't necessarily, yeah, know much about watches. Yeah, and how much easier would would it be just to be like, here's here's the watch I've got for trade. What have you got? Cool, mm. we're looking at it. Oh, instead of dealing with a marketplace trade, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be such a stress free experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be like trading Pokemon cards back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of those are more expensive than watches these days as well. <laughs> true, true. I did see. Yeah, that's what my son was asking about. Uh, buying one of these i can't remember what pokemon card it was and I looked it up on ebay and it was just like it's two thousand dollars what <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy my, my son's just getting into his kind of pokemon phase sure and it's actually funny you mentioned that i was listening to a podcast today that had um post malone on it okay. um uh, it was joe rogan's podcast right while we're talking about interesting cards he spent two million dollars on a magic the gathering card <laughs> which it just wow. it really goes to show how much how much money someone like that actually yeah. has when you can buy a what six centimeter by four centimeter piece of card cardboard yeah and, and i guess that really speaks about the collectors right whether it be cards shoes or watches like us um yeah sometimes it doesn't make sense but yeah, yeah exactly yeah and i thought it was kind of cool he's um yeah it's kind of cool to hear him talk about something like that yeah, he's a huge musician he's you know covered head to toe in tattoos doesn't look like he'd be into playing magic the gathering um yeah. as i was a bit of a player back in the day and D and whatnot yeah. um so it was cool to kind of see a different side of him talking yeah. about something he was genuinely passionate about that's awesome cool well I think uh, we've uh, come to the end of our episode today. Thank you, everyone, for joining in and listening. Yeah, I'll have an update on this Lorio Hulk uh, one-for-one copy next week. I'm actually going to wear it uh, over the weekend and maybe take it for a swim and see how we go because I was given free reign to, to kind of wear it how I, how I please. I've seen nice. my coworker abuse it at work, so I know it can take a beating, nice. but I will update next week. Awesome. Yeah. And we, we are, I want to see some photos on the podcast Instagram as well. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Cool. 
All right. Well, if, if there's nothing else, uh, we'll call it there. And yeah, like like always, please, you know, give us five stars in Spotify and Apple Podcasts now as well. You know, thank, thanks everyone for the listens and yeah, um, send through your questions and yeah, we're looking forward to having you all back um, next week. Beauty. Take care, mate. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on Overtime, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on our Instagrams at Overtime the Podcast, at Kinda Average Watches, and at Horology Capture. We appreciate your support and value your feedback. If you have any questions, suggestions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Until next time. Yeah.